Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 31.3-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with a couple of ideas out of the screens we run in the shop each week. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air. So we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. This week, we've run a pretty basic value guy screen. It's a low uh, you know, market value to cash flow screen with some uh, uh, fixed charge coverage protection. But before we get to that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. That's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, Mo and I are professional analysts and portfolio managers during the week. Uh, and we do extensive uh, fundamental analysis. We interview management teams, the sales force. We do financial models. We've been very careful to do absolutely none of that here on the show. Third, uh, our lawyers say we have to remind you that uh, we don't have your best interests in mind and may accidentally recommend you do the opposite of what's best for you, so do your own work. And fourth, uh, Mo and I, well, I'll speak for myself anyway, I've been uh, drinking this week. It's <laughs> after hours, for God's sake. So um, see all our caveats, photos, um, links to past shows, a pretty extensive link. We have five years of shows out there at www.thevalueguys.com. <clears throat> okay, pretty good show this week. Three terrific ideas that came out of uh, a screen that was uh, four or five filters, including the, the valuation part was price to cash flow. But before we get to that, and I want to remind listeners, if you don't want this part of the show, the you know, the, You're missing the, the best part. Yeah, you are. But you, we do have a couple of other things going mm-hmm. on. We have a show called Stock uh, Value Guys Clips, Stock Clips in iTunes that just is indexed by ticker, dollar sign and a ticker, and you can go right to the piece where Mo and I talk about the stock. And uh, that's on iTunes and some other places. But uh, here on the show right now, we're going to get to our my favorite segment, Value Guys Wall Street News, featuring Momentum. Mo, take it away. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Wall Street News. You were part of it. You know, I you, was. Uh, well, you know, I have to shout out to the listeners out there for making the show the uh, 16th best ranked on iTunes. Yeah, but, that's right. But you were a little disappointed that after suggesting that we were going to start a fund that uh, you were hoping, I think you were hoping for, what, $100 million at the end of the week? Well, I thought that we would get some, you know... Some serious investors involved, yeah. Ten million, five million, one million. It was a little smaller than we'd hoped. But we still will we will contribute all the uh proceeds from that to the uh, uh rebuild uh, Sandy Victims Fund. So we are gonna do that. <clears throat> it's a little less than we'd hope. But. Uh, thank you everybody for yeah. making us for we're we're now this is the best we're charting the best we've ever charted before. Yeah, it was great. It's I mean, the fact that people listen to this beyond our immediate families, you know, still amazes me. But yeah, thank you, listeners. That well, was part pretty of it could fun. be the growing family. You know, I've just I've had in laws. I've had a few kids. So, I have to admit, there you go. Yeah. Um, so what do you have? Do we have some Wall Street news this week? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff out there. Because um, I just I can't wait to get to these stocks this week, Mom. Well, I just want to do it. I don't know why. I'm, because I'm probably because I'm late for dinner. I think we should do yeah. a quick shout out to the folks at um, SAC Capital. You know, they are circling the wagons. Stevie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks like. The feds are going to you know, nail them on insider trading. So I just want to say a shout-out to you guys. Going to miss you. 
and uh, listened to our show from I think it was uh, six almost six months ago. It was the yeah. prison, the prison in the white collar prison special we did. We did a rundown of all thirty prisons. Who had the best facilities? Where you should really and there are there there's an entire you can't just go there. anywhere. You got to think about it. No, you were prescient on that one, Mo. You yeah. had the list of the best places. And Steve's going to be, you know, wishing he'd listen to that episode. Yeah. So listen to that episode and all you guys at SAC, um, you know, good luck. Our hearts are with you. Yeah. Now, yeah. big news of the week? No. We know that we know. We know. We suspect yeah. that um, tax rates on dividends are going to go up, right? You know, who knows what they're going to work out, under but the, I, I guess that's a safe assumption. Under yeah. the current administration. Yeah. So they're going to Safe go assumption, up. probably. So what you've seen... You've seen company after company after company declaring special dividends, big Absolutely. special dividends. Do it now. Um, exactly. I think what Walgreens or someone, uh, Costco, $7 special dividends. We've got a bunch of stocks. We're hoping for that. We're actually, I mean, seriously, we're calling management saying do this. They've got cash on the balance sheet and right. uh, do it. Absolutely. Well, you know, there, there was a couple of guys, uh, Deutsche Bank and a couple of other firms, they're all putting together their screens, and the screen is... You know, so far, the companies that have done these big special dividends have huge insider holdings. So you look at um, Las Vegas Sands, insiders own almost <coughs> almost 53% of the company. And that's mostly, yeah. you know, um, Sheldon Adelson. Uh, Dillard's, 40%. Yeah, family, yeah. So you look for, for a company with, you know, <coughs> potentially big private ownership. Because yeah. they're going to determine. What well, you know, that's that where you have management most aligned with shareholders. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, people like to say greed, but you know, seeking uh, the the best return on your capital is a way to grow the fastest and uh, and grow wealth the fastest per capita. So that, that's that's a good thing to do. Well, I know I know that they're using that as a screen, and uh, the second thing they're using as a screen is uh, just simply you know who has the most money on the balance sheet. Yeah, um, and you start looking at what what uh, some of their names are. Um, it's worth you know it's worth looking at. So contact your local Deutsche Bank representative. Well, you know one of the elements in the screen this week, Mo, was cash. I think did I print out? We actually we'll get to it here in a minute. But you know we went through a, about a hundred and fifty names, and one of the uh, one of the columns I sorted on was cash. A flutter, a flutter of paper. Yeah, I lost it though. Whatever. I ended up. But it was on cash. Well, that so, wasn't just so, on cash, but, but it, in terms of, you know, how how liquid is the company right. and what's their debt to, you know, net capital. Well, everyone's, at that. everyone's running those screens. Bed, Bath & Beyond comes up as one of the top names across all of the, the categories, so there's ones to take a look at. Um, hey, I want to ask you a question. Yeah? Show introduction. Show introduction, yeah. When you do that. 30.3 years of Wall Street. Did I say 30.3? 30. 31.3. 31.3. Yeah. Do you know what uh, do you know what SAP is? SAP? SAP. The software company. I, no. I can no. just do the arithmetic no, on that one. SAP, I, it stands yeah. for spontaneous arbitrary precision. Yeah, no, that was for comedic effect, though. Oh. I, didn't, yeah, I didn't notice you. you I didn't know. You, I thought you were doing mathematics, like thirty-one point well, three, and I'm trying to run the numbers. I got numbers two sides of my brain. I mean, I guess one was oh, trying comedic. to be precise, and one was trying to be comedic. I thought, but the fact is, that's a true number, Mo. Think about it. Thirty point three. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Oh, I'd rather not. Yeah, eighty nineteen eighty-one. 
when did you get in the business? Think back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to be accurate for the listeners. That's all. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Now, you did start a little after me. So maybe for you, it would be 30. Maybe you're still in the 30s. I might 30 be, yeah. point something. Yeah, I might be 30 yeah. point something. How embarrassing, you know? Oh, anyway. <laughs> last, last question for you. Last question. Because we want to get to these stocks, right. obviously. Why do people tune in? I mean, other than I don't know, it's probably to get to the stocks. Right? Quick math question for you. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Powerball math. Powerball. Amazing. We had a pool in the office. All right, it's gone up to five, went up to five hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Odds one in hundred and seventy-five million. Pretty low, basically, right? Professor, good investment. Yeah. Bad investment. Uh, you know, I think when when you start selling hope, <clears throat> there's a chance it's not a great investment. But we did the math, right? We did. And, and so, you know, well, these are, you had good questions, but I just did the math. Here's what we did. The payoff was $550 million over 30 years. Which and we, when they tell you that, it's assuming they're just breaking that into 30 pieces, right? So, yeah, so it was it's 170. 550 divided by 30 is uh, $18 million a year. Exactly. But if you assume the present value of that, 3%. I know the government has offered like $170 million or something if you take it as a one-time payment. But the truth is, what's that really worth? $18 million a year, right? Well, you have to look at what could I do with that money? And honestly, with rates so low, what can you do? Not a lot. It's got to be risk-free because that $18 million a year is risk-free. They're going to pay it to you. So, so you got to say, what's the risk-free discount rate? Sort of risk-free. Sort of risk-free. 3%. Yeah. Well, I said, what's a, a, a diversified portfolio of high-quality equities? You and I talked about this. You can get a 3% yield. So I use that for a discount rate. I'm using my HP12C. I pop 18. That's uh, my HP12. Yeah. Well, it's yours, right. But I have a stack of these, you know. These are like playing cards now. But if I put a 3% interest rate in that for 30 years... The present value of that stream is three hundred and fifty nine million, not the one seventy or whatever that the government's offering you, so people don't take it. So that might be our best investment advice. Now would you buy a, would you if you knew that your odds were one in hundred and seventy five million, would you do it? Let's keep going. So I'm gonna get taxed. I'm gonna get <clears throat> the present value of three hundred and fifty nine million. Yep. I'm going to get taxed on that, and we don't know what the future tax rate is, but let's assume it's just going to be 40. Yeah, 40%. So I take 0.6 of that. That's $215 million, mm -hmm. and the odds were 1 in $175 million, so I'm going to divide that by $175 million. Buck and a quarter? Buck and a quarter. <laughs> and I, the lottery ticket was, how much are they? I think they're two or three bucks. Well, if it's more than a buck and a quarter... Not a great deal. But then there's that hope component. Yes. I mean, you go to a movie, what's your return, right? It's just right. the adventure, the fun. So I think if you get a few days of hope... 70 cents. In my office, we got one day of hope. We had people planning our PR campaign, you know. What's one day of hope worth to you? Well, it's worth different thing. amounts to different people. But, but that's why worth, it could be worth a little bit. That's why you pay more than a buck for it. You're right. So 70 cents for the hope. Or the entertainment value. We yeah. had people, you know, planning our future yesterday. We were going to have lawyers and PR firms. I think there was a debate about which firm we should hire, you know, to 
Ricky Well, we had to work on it. We needed lawyers first. I mean, yeah. it was amazing how much effort we put into that. Well, so, that was that was good math. Now I understand. I understand the uh, the odds a little bit. Yeah. So, so what are we doing? So what are we doing? Who we okay? Got, who did we tee up? Well, we have a screen this week. It was a a, a screen I ran on FactSet just to say thank you, FactSet. Although we are paid subscribers, and it's not cheap. But um, you could do this on Yahoo Finance. Basically, it's companies with a market cap greater than a billion. That's easy. And then, uh, you know, one of the nice features was a price to book less than the industry median. So that was nice. I mean, it's on a button, so I I like the fact that I didn't have to do anything. But that's a nice thing to screen on. And then... I think it was price to cash flow less than 20, but I got 400 names come through the screen. And, you know, Mo, frankly, we don't want to spend that much time. So I kept cranking it down so I could get just 100 to go through. Right. And I had to go all the way to eight. Eight times cash flow. The other um, criteria was coverage. And that shrunk the list to what? Well, okay, the coverage originally was one. And the price to cash flow was 20, and there were like 400 names. I'm like, we've only got two bottles of wine. There's no way to get through all that. Right. So we had to crank down. So I went to uh, eight times cash flow or less, which can sometimes give you companies that are bad, but that's what you have to go through them. And then the other one I cranked down on was coverage. I went from one times coverage in terms of interest coverage to five to create, in effect, a safer balance sheet while I was easing up on the cash flow requirements. And that got me to just 100. And then from that... We spent about two hours yeah. on each one. Well, you may have. I spent... Uh, we, we So we picked 10 from that. Kind of eyeballed that. Got 10 and went through them. We do this every week for years. We just do it. Why? Because this is what you have to do to be professionals. And so we just record that. It's, so like, doing it's it anyway. like sharpening a knife at the yeah, end of the week. Yeah, we have to do it. We have no choice. And so a bunch of great companies came through these screens. Like, I'll just throw out some names. Uh, FedEx, amazingly. Curtis Wright. Uh, Barnes Group. <clears throat> Fresh Del Monte. What else? Uh, ah, some Triumph. Other. Triumph, which is not the car company, but something. <clears throat> anyway, we came out with three great names. CBS. Ticker CBS. Tidewater. TDW, which is uh, underwater. Uh, no the, pun intended. Yeah, well, no, they're not underwater, but they're involved in helping uh, oil companies look for oil underwater. And then, oh, we did choose Triumph, okay, which is a uh, engineer manufacturer of uh, a variety of aerospace components. Well, they might, they might do motorcycles. Okay, but first off, CBS. CBS, now, CBS is to media. What coal is to energy? Yeah, no, they, it's been around. they've been it's, around. It's it's been around. Columbia Broadcasting System. I mean, this was around before the internet, before network, before other network television, and they're still here. And they're, showing up, and they're showing up on a screen. That's amazing. Well, here's the cool thing about CBS to me is that, uh, you know, that we had this whole internet thing, and then, uh, you know, companies went into the tank, but it turned out. Old media, you know, there was a time when it was only the coolest, newest companies that had any street cred and internet. We did some work a few years ago, and we've owned the stock. CBS was one of the highest 
revenue companies in terms of internet advertising and internet revenue. People love CBS shows. They were one of the highest rated rec networks they may be now. And people go to the internet for the, to see it. And so, uh, you know, it, it kind of snuck up on people. They own CBS.com. They own TV.com. They have some other properties here that are worth mentioning that are valuable on cable and migrating to internet and mobile devices. Showtime networks. Uh, college, they have a CBS college sports network. They do a, a joint uh, venture with Smithsonian Network. So they own a lot of content. And they have also, the, you know, the outdoor division, which is outdoor advertising. Billboards, yeah. Yeah, that's 13% of the revenue. Yeah, they have that. And then they own some local stations, typically in the biggest cities where... Uh, now, they, they list one of their other business segments, and it's a big business segment. It says 17% of revenues. is uh, They yeah. provide a service called Other. And I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, it could be movies or uh, maybe cable is listed there. I don't know. I don't know. Newspapers they own. But the, the thing that got this thing through the screen is basically it's eight times EBITDA, which if I take the inverse of that is the 12.5% cash on cash return, meaning if we paid the price of enterprise value, that's the debt plus the equity, less the cash, the EBITDA cash flow would, in effect, be some kind of yield to us. Now, that's before capital spending and working capital needs and things like that. But at least it's a metric that you can look at get things to a yield. They put up a very consistent, great EBIT and EBITDA margin, Mo. And in the 20s, they dipped down into the teens during the uh, recession in 2009, but they're back in the mid-20s. Their return on assets has stayed in the single digits, which is disappointing, but I always assume that in part that's because they don't write off assets that they probably should, and, and there's accounting advantages to that. There's reasons they wouldn't want to, um, because they could, can continue to get consistent write-offs in amortization or something like that. The return on equity, again, not as great as I'd like, um, although they, in the last couple of years, are in the teens. And I'm attracted to the valuation. I also am attracted to the fact that during this difficult time, um, you know, their their earnings estimates have stayed pretty healthy. No one's downgrading them or anything, as you can see by this chart. And uh, and I think that they're the kind of brand and the things they own are the brands that will endure. So when you have a treasury at one and a half or the long treasury at two and a half, which is, as we've talked about, 40 times earnings, having something at eight times that you think can endure, I think is a pretty good deal. And the game may not be over. I mean, you, you bought this, right? Did you buy it? We have, uh, we have, we bought it, you know, we bought it when it was unbelievably cheap when you could argue in the, in 09. Five or six bucks? Uh, it was th about three wow. or four. Because the whole thing was valued, you could argue that just the value of Showtime itself based on recent transactions was worth more, more than, than the, the whole company. company. And the reason it got so cheap, and fr frankly, was there was a big chunk of debt. And at that point in the market, you know, the banks stopped loaning money and everybody, you know, froze up, if you recall. Um, it's four years ago now, but it seems like yesterday. And so if you had any debt, you got really punished in the way that people thought you might go bankrupt. Even though their debt wasn't due for six or seven years, they wouldn't have to pay it back. The market got so crazy. And well, we, you know, we were had a shot to buy it. And they, uh, they, they, 
pleased the market because when people you know were worried about the company, the debt was about seven billion dollars, and they since paid down almost a billion dollars worth of debt. So they managed to pay that down, which is obviously increasing the comfort level with the stock. Now, the, over the same period of time, revenues have been flat for these guys. It's a mature company. Yeah. Revenues were fourteen billion in two thousand six. They were fourteen billion in two thousand twelve. So yeah. it's flat revenues, but the EBITDA margins are yeah. expanding. So yeah. these are guys that are taking a mature cow and learning more efficient ways to milk it, which is driving cash flows, which is which has made the stock go from five bucks to thirty five. Yeah, and you're telling me from a value perspective. The game may not be over yet. I don't. I don't think at this valuation. If you think they have a brand, if you think that uh, the migration of the value of advertising is going onto the internet, which I think it is. I've talked about this before. You know, internet advertising didn't used to have the same value and still doesn't versus television, because people were in an active mode on their computers and so ads weren't as. Um, hypnotic, what have you, or impactful. Penetrative. Right. But on your living room, you know, at night, you're more, you know, uh, you know, you're more influenced, and so the ads have more value. I think that's changing as you can plug a computer into the HDMI port on your television. The Internet ad is in your living room, and that will raise the value of the advertising, and that's happening. And CBS has some of the most trafficked Internet sites on the internet, which is surprising to people. But which may explain the increase in the margin. That's what I'm saying. It's lower yeah, yeah. cost distribution. Yep. Yeah. Um, and their, their debt, you know, their debt is, uh, uh, let's see here. $5.9 billion. Yeah. So it's it's 30, 35% debt to cap. They have been kind of paying it down a little bit here oh, and there. Lot. Yeah. They've been paying it down pretty much every year since yeah. 2007. And so... Uh, also, we you know we talk a lot about the dividend here. There is a there's a one point three percent. Well, there's a small yield, but if you look at the dividend, they do increase it. You know, they've been increasing it. I think if I'm looking at the right line here, it was it was uh, well yeah. they first slashed it. Let's not get away from it. It was a dollar in a way. Yeah. It went to yeah. twenty cents, uh, and now they've raised it. It's you know back to forty four cents. So and, some, and the good news is that if they, if you believe that this company can get back to its glory days of two thousand six, two thousand seven, that forty four cent dividend could go up to a buck eighty. Yeah, a big deal. Very much good. Anyway, very interesting company. Good to good to see an old friend. Yeah. I used to follow them back back in the Telegraph days. Back when they were uh, working with Western Union. Yeah, and all that. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, next up. Uh, Tidewater, TDW. Not and underwater, it's Tidewater. Tidewater. And this passed the screen. So again, one of the nice things about a screen is this passed the screen, and it's a decent screen. So you already know that it's less than, uh, I think I did nine times cash flow. Decent coverage on debt and all that. Tidewater, it's nine times EBITDA, so that wasn't the entire attraction to me. That's... 11% cash-on-cash cash return, which is, again, great versus the Treasury. And we're in a period where equities look cheap on a yield basis. Um, you know, if people would just get together and buy these companies, they'd be earning great, pretty great yields. And I, that's, I think, some kind of anchor to the valuations. Um, now, one thing about this company that's, I, I think, the most interesting to me, and I'll just read what this 10Q language says, or 10K, Tidewater provides offshore supply vessels 
and marine support services to the offshore energy industry. And, you know, you have to figure that if the planet has oil evenly distributed, that, and there's no, no one that suggests otherwise, <clears throat> it's going to be a lot of that's going to be under, under the sea. Right. And so these guys provide all the services to do that. Um, I think I have seen the data where the yields on land-based oil wells and stuff are starting to drift down. And so you got to think in the next 50 years, the oil is offshore. There's been a lot of new technology in that area. That's what you use for your portfolio, the 50-year outlook. Well, we use uh, we use a, a little bit. That's long term. That's but good. That's it, good. No, it's long term. It's trends. Wind at your back. That is. A, I think that's a that's a point of differentiation. Yeah. What we, does the average small cap guy look out? Ten years? Five years? Two years? Well, we honestly we're going to look out five years. But this is this is a trend that you can't possibly deny. The oil is underwater. They've got new technology to service and find the oil underwater. It is a little more expensive, but look at the oil price. What's your 100-year recommendation? Uh, big dogs and guns, I'd say, oh, over okay. that type of thing. All right, anyway. You know, um, you, you, yeah. you are going to make a good case, I hope, for this stock because as a Mo guy, I look at this company and the stock price is down 8% in 2011, is down another 8 or almost 9% in 2012, and... Um, you know, <clears throat> if there is a good story here, it's certainly not being digested in the marketplace. So um, tell me, when you looked at this, I looked at it and said, oh, the chart doesn't look so great. Um, the dividend yield was interesting, but uh, what were you seeing in this? <clears throat> what was I seeing? Yeah. That's a very good question, though, because that was many hours ago. And uh, what I was seeing was, uh, first, that long-term trend. You know, weak kid. But I think it's more than a 50-year trend. I think it's a one-year, five-year, eight-year, ten-year trend in the sense that with oil prices at $100, you can profitably find oil under deep water, and those are likely to be the biggest finds going forward or in deep water. So I think that if you have a belief that per capita wealth and per capita lifestyles in these emerging economies are going to be oil-based... Um, and until they invent other stuff, we have to assume that, you know, solar, wind, hydro, it's just not cheap yes. enough yet. Yeah. Well, fracking is yeah. bringing a lot of cheap energy to the United States, but not yet to India and China and places like that. So, um, but, you know, longer term, those will play a part. But you got to think that oil uh, underwater is going to be an area that, at least on the exploration side, is going to be gaining share. And these guys are pretty much a direct play on that. So there's that. Well, the other thing I would say is, from a you know, from a, a fundamental point of view, their EBITDA margins are down from peaks a few years ago when they were forty, which is pretty good. They're just they're down. They're now in the high twenties, and mm -hmm. I like that a lot. You know, those that that means something proprietary is going on. Their returns on assets. And equity are pretty low, but again, I'm going to write that off as being management's reluctance to write off assets that are no longer, um, you know, earning market returns. And the valuation, nine times, if I'm right about energy, 
then 11% cash-on-cash return is certainly a decent yield to earn while waiting for uh, more clear signs of those trends to emerge. That's what I'd say. You know, I'm looking at, um, you mentioned the EBITDA margins. This is a company that typically had 40% EBITDA margins. Yeah. Something happened in 2009. So, you know, before you buy the stock, you want to go do a little research. 2009, EBITDA margins went from 40% to 30%. And in 2010, they went to 25%. So there was a fundamental shift in this company's business mix with the industry itself that resulted in that big collapse in the margins. That's worrisome. Here's the good news. For the last three years, they've stabilized. So it looks as though they had a transition. Well, that took place over 2008, 2009, 2010. We saw that big shrinkage in margins, and that probably impacted the stock price, which is why it hasn't traded well. It's been down 8% last year, 9 or 10% this year. Um, so assuming the fundamental trends stabilize, yeah, the stock should start to follow suit. And it, yeah, it could be a it could be a interesting one to look at. Well, I would add to what you just said that during that period you're talking about, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on. Not only concerns about recessions and double dips and all that, but fracking has come in, um, the Gulf you know disaster and the you know curtailment of drilling and things like that at that time, and so and prices you know there was a time when prices were up, prices were down. So there's been a lot of turmoil. Definitely do your own work. That's why it's comforting sometimes to look at a longer-term trend to say, what do you really think the market share of deep water discoveries is going to be versus land discoveries? And on that basis, the data, I think, is pretty clear. Um, we do some long-term, real long-term studies. And yeah. um, when we look at the stock, we look out to 25-25. If man is still alive, you mean? That's, <laughs> That's very prescient. Point. We've been listening to 60s music all night. Maybe, maybe that <laughs> did influence some of my judgment. But yeah, we do look at that far, and I, we have a buy well, on it, too. I will say, in 25-25, I do expect that we will be beyond you know fossil fuels. We um, will probably be living underground. So Underground, yeah. There you have it, the, the, the relatively modest term. I think water okay. power is going to be coming back. Very possible. Mr. Fusion. Devolve into amoebas. All right, last up this week. Triumph. A triumph, which initially I thought was maybe the car company, but it isn't, unfortunately. Ticker TGI. Uh, they got through the screen, so less than eight times cash flow, greater than five times interest coverage, greater than a billion in market cap, and some other things I forget right now. Um, what do they do? I'm just reading from the 10K. They engage in the design, engineering, manufacture, repair, overhaul, and distribution of aerostructures, aircraft components, accessories, sub-assemblies, and systems to the aviation industry. I mean, if that isn't worth a premium, I don't know what is. So there's, I didn't know they were still making submarine assemblies. Yeah, they do. They make submarine, submarine, or sub-assemblies. Obviously, many of them are... Quite probably for submarines. Well, I would think. What else would it be? <laughs> what else would you make a sub-assembly? Yeah. If you don't have a submarine, why would you be doing that? Yeah. But at any rate, so. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So they do that, which, again, it just has the sound of proprietary. 
they got a long history. I look at the EBITDA margins. Look how consistent that is. Yep. 13, 14, 16, 16, 15, 17, 18. I like that. There's a little uptrend and it's high. Return on assets. Again, single digits, but again, I'm going to say that's scientists who are telling their accountants not to write off their favorite invention from 10 years ago when really it's not returning what it should, what have you. Return on equity in the teens, uh, debt to capital, manageable in the 40% range, but with that consistent EBITDA margin, no losses here or even close. That's comforting. Good sales growth here. Uh, eight years ago, they were in billion. Now they're three point seven billion, and it's been very consistent. And a uh, enterprise value to EBITDA of six, which I'm going to say is like a sixteen percent cash on cash return. So again, as a value guy, I like that I'm getting a cash yield that's you know acceptable to me. And in that sense, growth is gravy, and you're going to probably get some growth here, but uh, I don't need it to have a return I'm comfortable with. So I like that. You know, there's another thing that's that's interesting, and, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what I would say if it was consistent, but there's a trend here, and uh, this is a time I get to ask you, guess, guess the what? The dividend. Uh-oh. We haven't done this in a while. I'm a little rusty. Well, you know, one of the things you do okay. when you've been looking at this stuff for 30 years is your brain actually works faster than a supercomputer. It's instinctive. Algorithms that. Yeah. Um, would go basically from our building to the building across the street if you weren't ever write them out on a chalkboard. Okay, well here so, let's use here's one of my systems. There we go. <laughs> that that all right. The lubrication back for going. the formula, um, but we employ all of that. Don't reveal any of our secrets. <clears throat> no, I, yeah, I thought you were about to say how with the formula. I, I couldn't because it would take too long. Okay. So here we are. I'm going to begin. I'm going to give you some data to feed in. Yeah. And Can process. I look or should I turn this no, over? You can turn it over. Turn it Take over. notes. Okay. All right. So our first dividend. Yeah. It goes all the way back to 2007. Yes. Eight. These are the dividend numbers or the year numbers? The dividend numbers. Seven in seven? seven eight in, cents. Wait. Eight cents? In 2007. In 2007. Okay. Yes, in 2008, the next year? Yes. Following year, yes. Eight cents. Eight cents, Roger. 2009. 2009, yes? Eight cents. Eight cents, roger that. 2010. 2010, the following year. Eight cents. Eight cents. Here's where things get a little tricky. I'm starting to see a trend. Go ahead. 2011. The following year from the prior year we were looking at. 16 cents. Wow, 16 cents. Yes, and this year? Yes. 16 cents. Oh, man. So what are we seeing? What are we seeing? Do we normalize uh, it? <clears throat> Do we think these are aberrations? Do we trend this off is, of them? This is like find the pattern. What is the This pattern? is what separates the smart third graders from the not as smart third graders. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm seeing four numbers in a row, and then I expect to see a doubling, and then four numbers in a row. I'm going to say 16 cents. For the following year, keep it flat. You got a management team that's going. Wait a minute, buddy. Let's make sure these earnings are real, even though they've been cranking it out like it's a, a, a machine. They have. They the want to st- be and sure. The, and the stock has done really well too. Stock's gone from you know twenty some odd in, in two thousand eight to sixty five bucks, and so that is a good um, vote of confidence from it's investors. Wonderful vote. Yeah. So that Thank so the you. so the chart looks great too. So as a Mo guy, you like the chart? Yeah, I like the chart. 
and is a value um, guy. And I we like think there may be, even though, let's face it, the dividend, uh, dividend yields 0.2%. The fact of the matter is, though, that they have a lot of room yeah. to grow that dividend. So you might get a little bit of a bump from the dividend yield. These guys do not look like they're a candidate for a special dividend. No. But, um, yeah. Do they have any cash? They got $90 uh, $30 million in cash. Okay. And uh, so it's, you know, it's there's some cash there, but they're not... They're not rich, but look at that stock price. Whew, you gotta love that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Any well, other observations on these guys, or do we? No, I think it's just something proprietary. The margin tells me that it's a good valuation. And from your point of view, not that I'm that concerned about it, but I think that uh, technical-oriented investors may find this to be something interesting as well. Absolutely. So, okay. Now we've got to. Um, that's it. We got one more thing. Maybe we're What's gonna that? do. Uh, well, first, through. well, you know what? I, I didn't actually print any of that. We could just make it up? Yeah. Uh, well, here's, okay, here's an economic trend. <clears throat> I can do this okay. extemporaneously. Right. Walking through national economic trends. From memory. Without the... Yeah. <laughs> All right. From memory. Okay. So, uh, interesting chart I saw the other day. Someone had taken the uh, numbers from the uh, um, St. Louis Federal Reserve. Yeah. And they had tracked over time... Um, Miles driven by Americans, and it's oh yeah, it's peaked like eight years ago. So miles driven per American is is gone down yeah. in each consecutive yeah. one of the last six yeah. or seven years, right. and they're saying it's because the country's getting older. Well, now the country uh, is also, I believe, getting more urban. For a long time, yeah. it was getting more urban. Then it started getting more suburban. suburban. Right yeah, now, yeah, it's back true. to urban, and I think with you know. Gas prices can take a big chunk out of people's budgets. I think they're moving into where they can get public transportation. We own a stock where, uh, you know, a big part of their business is, uh, uh, you know, public transportation systems, buses, subway cars, and things like that. And uh, that's a, that's been good. I think there's something to be said for that. Well, we're going to take a break for a minute. We're going to see if we can come up with another great economic trend for you. I don't know that we will. You know what I'm going to do, Mo? We'll put on a separate... We're going to put... I'll put this show up. And then we'll do a we'll show. Do a separate show on just on that. Amazing. Cereal. Yeah, Cereal. Yeah. So let's have a favorite. I don't know if you thought about that. I have not, but it only takes me about a second. You know, for Phil. And, you know, Phil sent me a note about a stock that he was interested in. I keep meaning to get back to him. I haven't. So I'm All right, next show. Yeah, maybe. I'll. You uh, uh, with yours? I yeah, know I know what I'm going with. <clears throat> I'm going to go with CBS. CBS. You've been nostalgia play. Yeah. What do you like about it? I just it's an easy ticker symbol to remember, and when you get to mm-hmm. be my age, it's uh, things are harder to remember, yeah. so it's easy. So I, what do you own? CBS. Perfect. Easy. And people know it when you talk about. Yeah. it. I'm going to go with uh, Triumph Group. Oh, you are for largely the same reason because I remember it. Triumph. But also. I like these margins. They're going up. It's six times EBITDA, and the chart's good. Not that I care, but something, a bunch of good is happening Not here. that you care about the great yeah, chart. It's pretty, you know. Yeah. Something good is happening here. Which and is so reflected in the chart, which is so, why you should look at the chart. Uh, thanks for listening in, everybody. Um, this has been another week with the Value Guys Stock Talk Show. See all of our caveats, disclosures, information. Our friends prefer not to know at www.com. TheValueGuys.com. So long, everybody. Have a good weekend.